630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers Ducks next game is on Wednesday. Patrick Eves, by the way, in a uh, walking boot today in Kelowna. That's where the Ducks went for a couple of days of practice. Kevin Bieksa did skate today. Calgary Flames general manager Brad Treliving signed to a multi-year contract extension. Connor McDavid, a finalist for the Hart Trophy, along with Sidney Crosby and Sergei Bobrovsky. Crosby out of the game tonight, took a blow to the head from Matt Niskanen. The Capitals still leading it. one nothing. only goal by Backstrom on a power play in the first period, his fourth of the playoffs. So Washington up one nothing. eight minutes left in the second period. And the Penguins are up 2-0 in the series. That is the only game in the NHL tonight. The Raptors are trailing 106-87 to Cleveland halfway through the first quarter or fourth quarter, pardon me. Game one of that second round series. The Blue Jays on fire, leading the Yankees 5-1, bottom of the sixth. We're gonna bring in Theo Fleury in a couple of minutes. He's coming to Edmonton this weekend uh, for a, a documentary film called Victor Walk uh, about him and some of the work he does to help uh, victims of child sexual abuse. Of course, you all know Theo's flurry with uh, Graham James and all the stuff he had to work through in his life. So Theo's going to join us in a couple of minutes. But we have Cliff on the line. Cliff, what's on your mind? Hi, uh, Reed. It's Cliff Norberg. I just uh, have a good idea, I think, for uh, giving uh, Connor McDavid a, a nickname, if you will. Okay. Kind of like Gretzky had number, you know, the great one. Okay. Anyway, my idea is that uh, you know how Connor gets out and he goes a burst of speed and goes by everybody. What that reminds me of is um, when a when a airplane or a big car uh, breaks the sound barrier, and and what that's called is is mock, and it's spelled M E C H. So it could be Mach one. You know when they when they have that burst of speed, and I just thought, well. Mach 97 might be a good idea. Or Mock David. <laughs> oh, that sounds like we're telling people to make fun of people too, named right? David. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff? If you remember about the speed of sound, that's, that's uh, kind of my idea. That's original thinking, Cliff. Thanks for sharing it with me, buddy. Okay. Good talking with you. That's Cliff at 780-496-0063. Nickname for Connor McDavid. Does he has he has one that is really stuck? I don't know if he has. We'll see. I don't know. He'll get one. Mock David. I like that one. Could work. Could work. All right. It's 7.09. Pleased to welcome Theo Fleury to Inside Sports. He's coming to Edmonton this weekend. Theo, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing awesome. How are you guys doing in Edmonton? Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's... uh, it's, Playoff fever. (laughs) There's a lot of orange. I mean, you used to play in the Sea of Red, but there's a lot of orange, man. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's funny because, uh, you know... Orange, orange is actually my favorite color. Really? Now, is there a reason yeah. for that? Yeah, well, orange is the color of courage. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And seeing we're doing this interview about the victor, the victor, uh, the orange is 
or Victor Walk. So. Oh, that's really cool. Well, and you're coming to Edmonton for something related to that, and I want to talk to you about that. But, you know, since I got you on the phone and the playoffs are going on here, uh, you know, the Oilers still in good shape, up 2-1. You can't argue with that, but a rough one last night. And I've been saying, Theo, at, at this time of year, you can have all the skill and talent, but and, and you've been on teams that have been good in the playoffs. Everybody's got to check, right? Whether you play three minutes or 23, you got to be getting willing to get in there and, and battle for the puck. You can't give up any freebies to the other side, eh? Yeah, you got to make it difficult for the other team to beat you. And, and uh, you know, when you make it easy on the other team, it, you know, they have a better chance of winning, period. But, uh, you know, it, it's playoff hockey. And, you know, some nights, you know, <clears throat> game two is a perfect example. You know, the Oilers didn't play very well, but their goalie was, you know, all world and stole them the victory. So, you know, uh the playoffs is all about momentum swings, and, and there's lots of momentum swings that happen, you know, even from minute to minute. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you lose that momentum, it's really, really hard thing to get back. And, and uh, you know, now Anaheim's got all the momentum, and now the Oilers got to somehow take back that momentum and, and uh, hopefully uh, you don't do that in game four. Well, that's the fun part, isn't it, right? I, I mean, I think the teams that do well, Theo, and, and you've been, you know, through ups and downs as a player for sure, you, you, the, the, I think the good teams almost embrace the adversity as much as the successes. Would you say that's that's fair? Yeah, and that just comes with experience, you know. Uh, there's a lot of the Edmonton guys, it's their first go-around in the playoffs, and, and uh, probably, you know, they didn't – they face a little bit of adversity in round one, but, you know, now that it's, you know, now that the, we're, we're, we have eight teams left, you know, it, uh, and, you know, teams like Anaheim who have veteran guys who've been there year after year after year for a long time, you know, they don't get, they don't get phased by, by that kind of stuff too often. And, you know, we saw it the other night, you know, they're down two nothing, but, you know, they just, brought a solid game, a solid effort, and, you know, now they have the momentum back. So, you know, a young team like the Oilers is going to have to use their speed, which, you know, and, you know, even in the Flames series, the Flames intimidated, you know, Anaheim with speed and, and uh, getting into pucks first and, and all that. So, you know, they just got to get back to what made them successful in the regular season, and that's, you know, they're a fast team, and then, you know the Luchichas and the Maroons of the of the team. They have to be physical and, and physical on their best players. It's going to be fun to watch the rest of the way. Theo Fleury joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, we we wanted to talk to you about something special you're part of, and and you've done so much, uh, you know, great work here through your life, Theo. And, and you're part of uh, well, the the movie is called Victor Walk. It's part of the North by Northwest Film Festival here in Edmonton. Victor Walk's going to be shown Friday at 7 at the Metro. That's the old Garneau for, uh, for people here in Edmonton. Just, I'll, I'll kind of let it, I'll ask you kind of an open question at first. Tell us about, about Victor Walk. What is it? And then maybe how that it became a film as well. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a long story, but, uh, you know, in 2009 when I came out with uh, Playing With Fire, and told my own story of my my own sexual abuse experience. Uh, 
You know, it was it was unbelievable how many people on the book tour would come up to the table at a book signing and you know, you could see that there was something bothering them but you didn't know what it was and and then next thing you know they're telling you their own story of of uh you know, of their own experience and then you know, and then I heard these stats, one in three girls and one in five boys before the age of 18 will be sexual molested in this country. And I was like, man, that just seems like so unrealistic and, and so enormous that I was like, I was a little bit leery. And then after completing the book tour and going, holy cow, like these stats are real. And this is, you know, this isn't uncommon. It's actually, you know, the common experience, which is, which is trauma. And so, you know, I called up a buddy of mine and I said, hey, let's go on a walk. And one buddy became seven buddies and we rented a couple RVs and and uh, we walked from Toronto. And then I had a guy from Los Angeles who who is also a survivor and he's in the, in the movie industry in, in L.A. And he wanted to do the Hollywood version of my book. And so... He came to Calgary and we sat down and we went through the script and and I had just come out with my own story and I just said, you know what, I don't think I'm ready to, you know, to do this project. I think I have a lot more things that I want to accomplish before we, we go down that road and then and then we sort of laughed and didn't really talk to each other. And then three weeks before the before the we went on the first Victor walk, I called him up and I said, Listen, I said, we're doing this walk from Toronto to Ottawa. I said, you really want to, I said, I know you want to do a film with me. And I said, well, why don't we document this whole entire Victor walk and see what, you know, see what happens. And, uh, and, and so he said, yeah, let's do it. So he showed up with a little dinky camera and a GoPro. And he basically walked the whole entire walk backwards filming us on this walk and we walked from Toronto to Ottawa over a 10 day, 10 day period, which is about 400 kilometers. And by the end of it, I can tell you, I was changed forever. It was the most incredible experience uh, of my life so far. And so many survivors met us along the way and walked with us and talked with us. And, and uh, you know, we sort of live in this world of reality TV, but it's more produced reality TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what this film has on it is it has all these people telling us their story for the very first time on camera. And that's what makes this documentary so incredibly powerful, so incredibly inspirational, hopeful, you know, all these cool buzzwords. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, we've since we've walked. Uh, we did Edmonton to Calgary a couple of years ago. Last year we did Manitoba. This year we're doing Saskatchewan. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a uh, you know I I could have never told you that this was going to be what my life was going to be post hockey career, but I can tell you that it is every bit as rewarding and maybe even more rewarding than than what I did on the ice and and uh, to be able to touch people. You know, on a spiritual level, is is you know, it's just amazing, and you know, it, it's what gets me out of bed every day is looking for opportunities to help people, and 
and uh, I know that this movie uh, is going to help a lot of people. Well, Theo, that's that's an incredible answer. I, I mean, thanks for sh- sharing that. And, and you mentioned, you know, how how you've committed to this post hockey, how you came out with your own story, and and, and you're helping other people. Or do you feel like, and, and maybe it's hard to to gauge this right now because this maybe this is something that could take years or decades to measure. Do you think that there's an impact in maybe now less kids are are being abused or are facing the the things that that you faced? I mean, do you hope do you hope some? I mean, I think you said the stat one in five. Do you hope someday it's one in ten or one in a hundred, one in a thousand? Do you, do you think yeah. steps are being made in that? Well, I think the awareness is there. Will we ever see an end to kids getting sexually, not getting sexually abused? I don't think so. But what we can do, and, you know, I've said this from day one, is what the low-hanging fruit here is, is that we can all heal. And no matter what we've gone through, horrific or whatever it is, you know, you can always get to the other side. And then when you get to the other side, you know, you you want to help and you want to inspire other people. And, and uh, you know, I think the stat is more like one in two girls and one in three boys, actually, is, is what the real stat is through my travels and being around the subject on a daily basis. So, um, and... Really what my job is, is try to create more advocates. So get them at their lowest point, uh, help them with their healing process, and then create an advocate. Because we have 10 million survivors of child sex abuse in Canada. So can you imagine if all 10 million survivors of sexual abuse voted in the next election? We would run the country. It would be our agenda. And so... Will we get to 10 million before I, they put me in the ground? I don't know. I hope so. But, you know, that's sort of the message here is that, that no matter what you've been through and no matter what you've gone through, you know, there's, there's lots of places you can go and heal and, and get, get the strength and the, and the courage and, and all that stuff. And because, you know, that's, that's been my story. That's been my journey. And, you know, I thought I was the only person in the world that this was happening to, but, you know, I quickly realized that it isn't uncommon. It's actually very, very common and that there's a lot of people out there that are still suffering in silence because of the shame and, and the stigma, you know, attached to, uh, you know, sexual abuse and rape and, and all this stuff. And so, you know, there's a lot of us out there that on a daily basis are, reaching out to people and and uh either directly or indirectly and and this movie you know will do the same you know it'll plant that seed and and you realize as you're watching this movie if you're a survivor and you haven't come forward you know you quickly realize that you know that it isn't uncommon and there there is lots of people out there that you know have had this experience but are now living you know peaceful productive health healthy lives 
Well, Theo, I mean, I just really appreciate you sharing that. And I know you're, you know, you've reached out to so many people and you're going to continue to do it, you know, through this movie. And again, you're coming to Edmonton. You're going to be at the Metro on Friday for the screening as part of North by Northwest. And people can check that out, northwestfest.ca. Theo, thank you so much for your time. You're always so generous with us here on 630 Chet. All the best. It's my pleasure. And thank you again for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Theo Fleury, thanks again. Man, great stuff from Theo. I mean, so honest and, and candid about what he went through. The movie is Victor Walk. It's part of the North by Northwest Film Festival right here in Edmonton, showing Friday, May 5th, that's this Friday, 7 o'clock at Metro Cinema. That's the Garneau, 109th and 87th. And I'll tell you what, we're giving away two tickets to it. You're going to have to answer a Theo Fleury-related trivia question live on the air with Ol' Wilkie. But this is a, a good movie, an important movie, and clearly you heard Theo talk about it very passionately. 780-496-0063 if you'd like to take a shot at the tickets. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, we'll tell you what, we're going to give uh, Corey the tickets to go see Victor Walk uh, Friday, 7 p.m. Metro Cinema. Corey, thanks a lot. You win the uh, Theo Fleury tickets. Did you get to hear the mo- most of that interview, man? No, I wish I did, but uh, I've got friends who who met uh, Theo and heard his story, and I- I've always been intrigued with it. Yeah, he's been pretty brave. Uh, you know, the stuff that just very open about everything that happened to him. Uh, I mean, obviously, Graham James, the the villain in that tale. I don't think anybody will mind if I if I use that word. Are you old enough to remember Flurry playing against the Oilers? Oh yes, yeah, an arch enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was uh, you know grade five, grade six years, and uh, yeah, I got in trouble lots by my teacher for staying up late watching those games. It was all worth it. I totally commend you. Now, do you remember, you already won the tickets, but here's what the trivia question would have been. Game 6, 1991 at Northlands Coliseum, Flurry scored in overtime that play where he went on that long slide. Do you remember which oiler gave the puck away to give Flurry the breakaway? Oh, boy. Um... Can you give me a hint? Was it a forward or a defense? It was a very famous forward. Oh, boy. 90, 1991. Okay. If it's famous, I hate to say it because he's one of my favorites, but let's go with uh, Mr. Yerry Curry. It was actually Mark Messier across the neutral zone with a pass. Flurry picked it off, breakaway, slid it under Grant Fuhr, but then Tekin and got the hat trick in Game 7 a couple days later. So it was all good, right? Yeah, I just remember that slide that Flurry did. Oh, that broke my heart. What are you thinking about for Wednesday night? Are you confident we're going to have a better game from the Oilers? Absolutely. Talbot's going to come back and, you know, be stellar in net, and it's going to be the the difference. All right, Corey, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Stay on the line, and uh, Warren will let you know about about the tickets, okay? Right on. Thank you so much. All right, great stuff from Corey, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Dave says, I just want to say it's amazing you have Theo on the show his courage is incredible following Theo as a fan and seeing his personal journey may one day help me find my own courage thank you so much that's a text coming in to 630-630 we got news coming up hey and then we got Eskimos head coach Jason Moss inside sports on Chet this is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to the inside sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Yeah.
Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 7.34. Oilers did not practice today. They had a brief media availability. The uh, Anaheim Ducks, meanwhile, went to Kelowna. Head coach Randy Carlisle asked if he uh, felt they needed to uh, escape a Canadian NHL city at this I time of year. I don't think that it's really that taxing. I don't know if that's really the reason... You know, I wouldn't say that's the reason that we were here. We we just felt that in the environment that we've been through, uh, coming up here, uh, we came to Calgary. We're back, you know, in the last series. Now we're we're up here doing the same thing in a playoff series, and we're in a different situation, obviously. Uh, coming to Canada, there's a lot of more media coverage. There's a lot more scrutiny on what things that you do, but that's the bottom line. That's the markets we're in, and we just thought that it, this was a nice fit for our group where we were and, and actually it, it, the bus ride to the, from downtown Edmonton to the airport is longer than the, the flight that we took so you know it, it wasn't really that taxing on our group to get here. All right Randy Carlisle and again Patrick Eves seen in a uh, walking boot today Oilers and Ducks on Wednesday, 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 8. We have it all for you here on 6.30. Ched, Calgary General Manager Brad Treliving gets a multi-year contract extension. Connor McDavid is nominated for the Hart Trophy. Gretzky and Messier, the previous two Oilers to win it. Gretzky won it eight times. Messier once in 1990. McDavid's competition, Bobrovsky and Crosby. Crosby with a... Uh, taking a shot to the head from Matt Niskanen tonight in the Capitals-Penguins game. He's been out since the uh, mid-part of the first period. Capitals still up one nothing on the Pens after two. Backstrom, the only goal of the game as they try to get back in that series. The uh, Penguins up two games to nothing. Cleveland beating the Raptors 116-105. Game one of their best-of-seven series. And the Blue Jays. The bat's coming alive, a 7-1 lead over the Yankees. That's in the bottom of the eighth at Yankee Stadium. The Edmonton Eskimos counting down to training camp. They're going through a bit of a camp right now in Las Vegas. Pleased to be joined by head coach Jason Moss. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Down here in the sunshine in Vegas, nice and warm weather. Enjoying our time with the players down here. Right on. Well, football season uh, rolling. We're into May now, so you got uh, camp coming up here near the end of the month. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about the uh, the camp here going on in Vegas. Uh, I, I mean, give give fans a sense of uh, maybe who is there and, and how this can can help roll into a new season. Because I mean, I, it's my impression maybe some guys throughout this camp won't wind up on the Eskimos, but maybe there's one or two key guys yeah. that could be there. Right. I mean, um, the bottom line is, I mean, these are guys that we've found throughout our camps all over the nation, uh, down the States, and we've invited the best that we've seen around. So it's kind of a four-day tryout camp, as per se, as a mini camp. Mini camp is for veteran players and for going over things with your, your more schooled-up players. This is to kind of still evaluate and find the players we're going to bring to training camp. So we've got around 60 guys down here right now that we're putting through workouts and trying to find the, the right amount and the right type of guy uh, to bring to our main camp. Okay. Is is this, um, you know, second year for you as the Eskimos head coach? And obviously, you, you know, your staff pretty much stayed together. Do you, you sense a little more uh, continuity? I don't know if comfort is the right word, but but you know what I'm getting at? Sometimes things yeah, gel, I mean, gel a little better. I think that's... Exactly. I think it's kind of the reason this isn't really a mini camp for us where we're bringing a lot of veterans players. We're, we're pretty comfortable with our, where our veterans are and 
which guys we know are going to be at camp. This is more to find players that we're not sure of, that we've all liked as far as our scouts have liked them, and we're all trying to get our eyes on them for the first time as coaches. Uh, but that's what that's what allows us to do that is the familiarity with our own players and our system. Um, nothing much has changed between the systems and all three that we run. Uh, now it's just a matter of going out and finding different guys that we know can compete with the guys we have already and fill the best 75 we can going into camp and then ultimately the best 46 at the end of camp. I mean, you're seeing some guys here. I mean, you mentioned they've already been been noticed, so now it's kind of the, the best of those guys. Uh, I assume they all have ability, depending on their position, they're fast or strong or both. How much are are you trying to get to know their physical abilities this weekend, and how much are you trying to get to know their attitude and their competitive nature and their willingness to push? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, they got to fit into our locker room. We, We know what our guys are like. We know what fits in with our locker room and what we as coaches want around. We obviously care very much about the Eskimo way, about treating people the right way and and doing things the right way with the right people. And winning is obviously the most important thing, but you want to do it with the right type of player. Um, So obviously character is a big thing for us. When you get to be around a guy for five days and watch and compete with guys from all over the country, knowing that what's at stake for them is an opportunity to come up and compete for a professional job, you know, things can get tense. But you know, you see the guys, their true colors come out when they're competing, and you still want the guys that are going to treat each other well on and off the field, learn and listen, are coachable. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's easy. I mean, it's, a, it's as far as watching them in a drill and re- repeating the same mistake over and over again, you're like, okay, that guy doesn't listen. That guy doesn't get it. You ask yourself the question why, and in five days, it, five practices, if he can get it, then he can move on. If he can't still get it, then there's something that we just can't work with in camp. So, But obviously physical abilities is the main part of it. You have to be able to run, tackle, uh, throw the ball, catch the ball, uh, kick it, you know, protect, all those things that you still have to be a football player, but no question, character and ability to learn um, and the details of our game and it, it become a big issue for us. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. He's in Las Vegas. The Eskimos holding a camp there, and uh, their uh, main camp will start uh, final weekend in May, so we look forward to that as well. Hey, Jason, it's, it was a bit of a, a topsy-turvy uh, last month here for uh, for the Eskimos. Obviously, there was a, a bit of a change at general manager that, that caught some people by surprise. But, you, you know, you have Brock Sunderland coming in who you have some familiarity with. Can you, can you just give us some context for how this transition affects you personally? And if maybe there's, I mean, I used the word comfort earlier in the interview, if, if maybe it's a bit of a smoother transition given your previous relationship with Brock. Yeah, no question. I mean, obviously, uh, with what's transpired over the month, I've lost one of my best friends as, uh, as my boss, you know, and Ed Hervey, you know, I mean, he was a big reason why I came back to Edmonton. Uh, the trust factor there and, uh, you know, just a friend that you, every day you're going, we're excited to go to work and, and work with and, uh, you know, had mind and all that that he was developing the football club and all the organization in and of itself, you know, excited to go to work every day uh, working with him. And then it, you know, something happens there and, and he's no longer with the club and you got to move on and pick up the pieces and get everyone on the right track. And um, that's what my main focus was over the last 
couple weeks until we've hired Brock. And since that's happened, yes, the, the fact that you said familiarity with Brock, that's what's helped this, this transition most. And, you know, somebody I have a ton of respect for, I believe he's done it the right way. He's worked his way up. Um, he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, he's easy to talk to. I know he can do his job. Uh, we, we get along very well. Uh, the one year I was with him in Ottawa, it was, you know, see, seeing things the right way as far as players and, uh, you know, the talks that we would have, you know, when you just think they're just, it's just small talk anyways, but it's, it's quite funny when you do develop a relationship with somebody, you know, there's guys you do click with right away. And Brock was one of those guys. So um, obviously that's what's made this transition for me personally much better, but for what, what, for our organization as a whole, you know, his competence with, with what I believe he can do ability wise, I think is going to make it a smooth transition as well. His ability to work with people and, um, you know, uh, see the game, you know, as a GM and, and, and know the, the the pieces that he has to work with, you know, I, I think it's a, it's going to be a good thing for the Eskimos as well. All right. I know you're busy. Before I let you get back to work, i got to throw one more at you, Jason. Uh, I know you're out of town right now, but have you been able to follow any Oilers games? <laughs> well, it's crazy down here. I mean, uh, it's hard to find them uh, in, a club, in, a, in a pub. It ain't like living in Canada where you can find every <laughs> hockey game imaginable. So, We've looked online. We've usually got them streaming online somewhere and watching them. Uh, my wife went to the game last night with a friend. So, you know, we obviously support the Oilers uh, like nobody else in Edmonton. Just, or I should say just like everyone else in Edmonton. We're proud of proud of the Oilers and what they're doing and excited that uh, they are where they are and just hope for more. All right. Well, thanks for making time for us, Jason. I know we'll be talking a few times throughout the season, but it's great to talk to you tonight. And, yeah, all the best in Vegas. We'll see you back in Edmonton soon. Thanks a lot. Oilers. There we go. Jason Moss, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. Been an interesting last few weeks for them. And they're looking for players and getting ready for training camp, which will start the final weekend of this month. It's already May. My goodness. Haven't golfed yet. Got to correct that soon. Still one uh, nothing here for the Capitals leading the Penguins. Third period just started. We'll keep you updated on that one. And we'll meet a new addition to the Edmonton sports scene when we get back. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet at 748. My name is Reed Wilkins. Still one nothing. Capitals leading the Penguins. 17 minutes left in the third. Crosby left that game with an apparent head injury. Got checked by Matt Niskanen. Cross-checked to the head. Connor McDavid, along with Crosby and Bobrovsky, are finalists for the Hart Trophy. All right. Always happy to feature university athletes on this show. And today we're going to talk to a young man who has uh, yet to play his first game as a U of A Golden Bear. But it's a pretty big addition for the hockey team. Pleased to welcome Zach Slachenko to Inside Sports. Zach, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, doing very well. Great uh, great to meet you over the phone. Uh, we always uh, talk a fair bit of Golden Bears hockey on this show. Not often on May 1st, but uh, you're a pretty big acquisition to the team in goal. You had a great Western Hockey League career, played for Moose Jaw. T- tell me about the decision here to join the U of A, because you had another year of junior eligibility left, right? Yeah, correct. I, uh, I could have gone back for my... Uh my 20 year old year but personally i thought that uh, the university the university of alberta specifically the gold bears program was a better fit for me i mean 
mean, uh, I've always wanted to get my degree, and now that uh, I have my scholarship package from Western Hockey League at Moose Jaw, it was uh, it was an easy decision for me to make. I mean, it obviously was uh, was pretty tough having an opt out of my last year, but uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the challenges ahead coming to the uh, the Canada West level and uh, University Hockey. Uh, how come uh, How come the U of A? I mean, I assume given your track record in in the dub and you, you know you won your conference goalie of the year award a couple of times, that there there must have been other interest. What put the U of A over the top? Yeah, it's going to come as a surprise to most that uh, that I wanted to leave the year early, but. Uh, you know, a bigger reason for that was uh, I wanted to get my degree, and I wanted to have something in my back pocket as a as a smart uh, smart plan B. And you know, when it came time to uh, to get a school, you know, there really only was one one option that was the University of Alberta. I mean, no disrespect to any other schools out there, but uh, you know, I I still believe I can play pro hockey after my university career. And you know, given the uh, the success the uh, the university program has had, the Gold Bears program has had, you know, I wanted to. Uh, to go to school, get myself the best possible chance I could to play pro after and uh, win, win as many national championships as I could. Well, we love hearing that national championship, sir, what it's all about with Golden Bears hockey. Do you know what degree you want to pursue yet? Yeah, absolutely. Ideally, I'd like to uh, to get a business degree and uh, major in finance. I'm, uh, I'm very interested in to, uh, you know, the stock market and financial advisory and uh, such like that. Okay, interesting stuff. Zach Sachenko joining us inside sports on 630. Ched, new goalie for the U of A Golden Bears hockey team, played with Moose Jaw in the WHL. Look, Zach, i got to ask you, because it is part of your your story. I know I know it's probably not a great memory for you, but you did go to the, the NHL draft uh, last year and unfortunately weren't picked. You know, it's kind of just, just take us through that, the decision to go and, and how you you dealt with, uh, you know, uh, probably, uh, you know, not the not the weekend you were you were hoping for. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, my whole family flew down. My girlfriend flew down. My sister flew down. Everyone was kind of there supporting me and, you know, hoping for the best. And, uh, you know, it's not a story that uh, that's overly exciting for me to share. But, uh, you know, it's actually a, a really good part of uh, of uh, my career and a life lesson that I learned along the way. And, you know, and ultimately that, that experience helped me kind of make the decision. And, you know, I realized uh, kind of soon after that, that, you know, especially in the game of hockey and, and the higher you go up, but nothing's ever a guarantee. I mean, uh, you know, things were, everything was kind of pointed in my direction. Okay, you get drafted here. You know, I was uh, a top rank bully at the time. I had a really good year with Moose John. You know, I was expecting expecting to uh, to be a draft pick and hoping to go down there and kind of wear my jersey on, uh, take a few pictures, get my hat, and then that would be it, go to development camp. And unfortunately, things didn't work out the way I planned. And that's kind of where things kind of, you know, not necessarily turn, but uh, open my eyes a little bit. I mean, just that experience and just having to sit through all all seven rounds, first round on Friday, the second round through through seven on Saturday, and believe me, I I couldn't have been happier to leave that uh, that rink when when round seven was done and my team had been called. But uh, you know, it was just an experience that uh, you know always holds the heart, and that uh, you know ultimately making the decision to play for the uh, the university and decide to go to school is uh, something that. Uh, you know, I credit that experience just because now that uh, I've been through something like that, I know that nothing's ever a guarantee, and you know, it's always it's always a good thing to have a backup plan. Yeah, awesome stuff. Well, no, I mean, it's good good for you to work through that for sure. Zach, um, you know, the goaltending position is uh, obviously a key one. We've seen that already in the NHL playoffs. Any goaltenders uh, you admire or maybe grew up watching that got you interested in the position? Yeah, funny you should mention that, actually. You know, me and a bunch of other kids in Calgary, you know, it's... Uh, 
it's funny. I mean, when Kipper Soskiller came over from San Jose and, and was the first kind of franchise goal the Flames had that uh, that I grew up watching, you know, I kind of kind of fell in love with him and fell in love with the position just just watching him on TV and watching videos on, on YouTube or, the, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I kind of credit him to getting me started in the position. And then ever since then, you know, I've kind of looked up to guys like Henrik Lundqvist, you know, Carey Price, a huge role model of mine. A guy that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, acknowledgement is Dustin Tokarski, too, a huge role model of mine, having success at the, uh, the the junior level, the world junior level. You know, he basically won everything there is besides the Stanley Cup, right? So those are guys I kind of admire. All right. I got to get your take on the uh, on the WHL playoffs here. Obviously, Regina was a, a powerhouse team. They're in the final. Uh, you would have obviously played them more than you played uh, Seattle, who are going to represent uh, the West. So, And they got uh, Oilers prospect Ethan Bear, though I know he's going through a bit of a wrist issue. Uh, give us uh, as much as you can a, a bit of a, a look ahead to Regina against Seattle. I mean, the Pats have been the powerhouse team all year, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's kind of always tough to, to kind of judge a final, right? Those teams only play once a year. I mean, we only played Seattle once a year. We played Regina 8, so... So I can basically tell you Regina's game plan in and out. And, uh, you know, they're a strong team. They're a fast team. They're they're skilled. And, and they're a really fun team to watch. I mean, they're kind of running that style. They don't, uh, you know, I haven't seen them too much in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, regular season, they were just kind of go, 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 score a bunch of goals and, and kind of just outrun teams. And, you know, that's, uh, they're like I said, they're a fun team to watch. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, when we played Seattle, they were a lot more defensive. You know, obviously they have guys that can score with Gronk and Barzell and, and Donovan Newells and, and stuff like that, right? But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it'll be a great final. I think this is a final that, uh, that'll that be really tight, unlike uh past couple of years. I think Brandon, Brandon kind of walked walked in as a heavy favorite last year, and then the year before was cool and a heavy favorite. So I think this year more than ever will be a tight final, and it'll be uh, in for some good hockey. But uh, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say uh, Pats and seven. Okay, there. Oh, wow, you just went out on a prediction all on your own. That's great, Zach. You got a future in radio <laughs> if you're thinking that way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, great to meet you. I'm sure we'll get to meet in person when you're up here playing for the U of A Golden Bears. You picked the right school in the right city, man. You're going to love it. Thanks for your time. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, guys. Excellent. That's Zach Sacheco checking in on Inside Sports, now a U of A Golden Bear after playing in the Western Hockey League with Moose Jaw. Had an excellent career there. Still one nothing. Capitals leading the Penguins. Twelve and a half minutes left. The uh, Blue Jays still up 7-1 on the Yankees. It's in the bottom of the ninth, trying to finish that one off. The Raptors lost 116-105 to Cleveland in Game 1 of that series. McDavid up for the Hart Trophy. More on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. They're back at practice tomorrow. Game 4 is Wednesday night at Rogers Place. I want to thank Warren Mulvey, our studio producer this evening. You also heard from Jason Moss and Theo Fleury. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted as well. Always great to talk sports with you. My name is Reed Wilkins. Charles Adler tonight is next. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.